This is One Bills Live, presented by Kaleida Health. Welcome into One Bills Live on this rainy, rainy, ugly Thursday afternoon. Not Thursday, Wednesday. This week, the last two weeks, have just sent us all through a loop. Maddie Glab here alongside Steve Tasker. As quick fist bump. Good to have you in on board today, Maddie. Good to be here. Girl. Good yeah. to be here. Uh, yeah. Chris Brown is traveling to New England, to he's Foxborough. The, he's on the charter flight with the team, traveling style. Yeah. So I am sitting, sitting in the sitting center in his chair, seat. Center seat between, let me just, <laughs> sitting with, between Jimmy Acton and who else is he with? He with Jeff Matthews, yep, maybe? That sounds about right. Our content yeah. team as they travel to face the Patriots on Thursday night football. The last three weeks for us and this team have just been all over the place. Sunday was a Wednesday. <clears> Monday <throat> was a Thursday. Tuesday was a fast Friday. Yeah. Wednesday, today, is a Saturday for this yeah, team. game week Saturday. And anytime you ask me what day of the week it is, I have gotten it wrong, including this show open. I am all over the place. I am so ready to have a regular week next <laughs> week where we play 1 o'clock football on right. Sunday so we afternoon. Got, we're going to do the game Thursday. You and I are going to do Bills t- tonight, yeah. tomorrow night. After the game, post game, we'll be mm-hmm. post game my first time in a while because I of all know, the it's been a craziness. Couple weeks, and then and then Friday we'll do a two hour show post game and stuff. Then Monday will be a regular three hour three show hour and all show. that. And then we'll be back on back on schedule mm-hmm. for and the team will have the mini buy. Yep, headed into the jet. I would game. guess they'll have the weekend off. We'll see how it goes. We'll see if they get a victory Friday yeah, like they, they did last week. Yeah, if they go if they scorch these guys and, and and if they don't, we got all these tweets on our topic today about what it's going to take, mm-hmm. but. If they do all the things that all the tweets are saying they should do, they'll probably get the weekend off and get a little chance to recharge. I, it has been. You got you felt this in your side of the building too. We're, we're, everything's all over the place. Oh, yeah. The schedule is an absolute. Everything's all over the place, mess. and this week just feels more tense because it's Patriots Week, and that's just always how it feels in this building is everybody is wrapped up, everybody is focused on the task at hand. Yes, the team says it's it's a one-week-at-a-time approach. Every game is the most important game. The next game that you're playing is the most important game, but the next three games for this team are so, 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 so important <laughs> in terms of division title hopes in terms of AFC seeding in terms of what their future in the playoffs could look like if it is going to be an easier road than others if it's going to be a tougher road than others um so buckle up because we're going to see the future of this team I think in in the next three weeks and future I I mean the future of this season they could at the end of this three weeks come out as just what they went into this season being, the unadulterated favorite to go the distance and, and win the whole cake. Uh, and anything other than a 3-0, and you know, going 3-0 and and beating three teams that Bills fans, I think, believe they should beat. Uh, they'll be favored in all three games. Um, if they come out of this three-game stretch against their division opponents unblemished and go 3-2 and two into the division – the entire landscape of the conference Ooh. changes. Everything changes. Everything changes. And not that it's not that this team isn't going to be the same team where they go one and three, one and two, or two and one, or three and zero. Oh. They're still going to be the same team coming out of it. But the 
but the perception about this team is going to be vastly different given just one or two losses over this next three games. Yeah, they've been in a tough stretch where they have faced some teams that have played really well against the Bills. The offense seemed like at times it, it hasn't been as productive as we know this offense to be. I think everybody is waiting for this offense, um, for even the defense in certain situations and scenarios and ways to, to wake up and be the team that we saw in the first six weeks of the season, the team that looked unstoppable, uh, the team that we were all convinced, I think, in like week one, week two, hey, Book your tickets to the Super Bowl. We are going. Um, the team needs to get back to that, and I really believe they can. And I think this would be the perfect wake-up game for this team, for this offense. They're going to get some guys back. They're going to get some guys um, who have been out with injury the last couple weeks uh, who look to be good to go for this game. We've got our injury report um, that was put out by the PR team uh, a couple hours ago. So our Bills practice updates are presented by LECOM, Lake. Erie College of Osteopathic Medicine and on so the designations and all that stuff this is all thrown off because of the fact that we're playing on a Thursday this week so we have some of the designations right now on Wednesday uh, Deion Dawkins has been ruled out for this game so has Vaughn Miller I don't think any of those are our big exclamation points or we should be surprised by any of that because that's kind of what Sean McDermott uh, was saying from the beginning of this week uh, Deion Dawkins I believe it was a hey we're going to see what Deion does this week and then we're going to declare his status later on they declare him out today for the game tomorrow against the Patriots we knew Von Miller was going to miss this game Uh, we also heard from Von Miller on his Von cast uh, yesterday he went into detail about his injury we do have that soundbite from Bleacher Report so we're going to air that right now and, and talk a little bit about what Von Miller had to say I did get hurt um you know, the news is not the best of news, but it's definitely not the worst of news. Um, it's kind of like in the middle. Um, you know, I didn't tear my ACL. That was the the huge, you know, part of it. Um, but, you know, I do have some uh, lateral meniscus damage, and it's, it's going to have to be addressed. But I, I do feel like I can, you know, play through that. So I'm just going to wait a little bit. Wait a little bit, let the let the swelling go down for about, you know, seven to ten days. And, you know, hopefully right before the Jets game, you know, I will be back. So he said not not the worst news, not the best news. But yeah, he's I, injured. He's injured. But yeah. I'm as a fan, the fan in me, I'm going, oh, he said he might be back for the Jets yeah, game. I don't know. What? I don't know. He'll be ready to at least start practicing for the Jet game. <laughs> I don't know that he'll be back for the Jet game. Um, I don't know if you want to come back and jump right into a full game rotation after being out for that long, totally inactive like mm-hmm. he's going to be. Mm-hmm. So uh, maybe he won't be completely inactive like that uh, right up until the Jet game. But if he does get a chance to practice for a couple of days, that's probably all he'll need. Uh, but, yeah, that's great news, knowing that he has full intentions of coming back and helping out and playing yeah, this is not at the end of the season. It's not for even, him. And you would think, too, even if he misses the next two games – uh, the Miami game is certainly on the table for him to come back and play in. So that, that's a that's a huge boost uh, for the Bills and for his season too. You know, you don't want to see him end a season like this, no, uh, where he's such a big part of what's going on um, in a, in a way like that. And 
with a with a knee injury like that. So, uh, and he's right. He probably it's probably one of those things, and I've it happens a lot where he says it's going to have to be addressed, which means you know he's got to get it scoped, yeah, or or perhaps it opened. Who knows? But his his knee's going to have to get fixed in the off season. Mm-hmm. Not major ligament replacement. Little little trim. Little you know. Trim out, mm-hmm. dusting and cleaning. We'll, we'll we used to call up. it, yeah, in your in your knee joint, <laughs> and and he'll be he'll be back at it, probably okay for OTAs mm-hmm. and and mini camps and stuff like that. So good news for Vaughn in that regard. Although, you know, it's a bummer that he has to miss some time and it's yeah. going to go through all the the rehab and all that stuff. Plus, he's got to drag that knee around now for the rest of the season. Ugh, yeah, I think that's the the one thing that you think about with. It's great to hear that this is not a season ender for him, but as somebody who's in their 12th year in the NFL, I'm I'm saying I don't want you to risk yourself at all if you if you go out there. I want you to be okay going out there. I know there's some risk for every single NFL player in every single snap they play in their career because it's just the sport that it is. Um, but I know he's getting the advice from from our doctors from other doctors from our medical staff the advice that he he needs to have to be able to feel 100 percent confident in his decision uh to play whenever that's going to be but i'm hoping okay you've played 12 years in the nfl i hope nothing else happens on top of this injury that you already have when you're going out there not 100 percent, which we hear josh allen say all the time at this time in the season Nobody is playing 100% in the NFL. Um, other injury designations, other other news and notes uh, with who is in, who may be out. Uh, questionable is Quentin Morris, tight end for the Buffalo Bills. Uh, he was out with an illness. We had several players, again, who were out this week who missed um, a practice or two with an illness. It's going around Steve, you and I have got the sniffles right now. It oh seems like- I'm on the mend, man. <laughs> I was out for the entire weekend plus Monday, and oh, it I'm seems feeling- like everybody has something. Nobody's feeling it's, 100%. It, it has, yeah, well, you know, everybody knows I got a, this huge family. It has the entire <laughs> roster has just gone down. The whole roster is as it looked like the Bills roster. Uh, with the amount of names on my family's sick list. So it's, yeah, it's going around. What are you going to do? Um, I think something positive, though, on the injury report is Tremaine Edmonds was a full participant all week in practices. He's missed a couple of games. I think we've seen watching these games how much the Bills miss Tremaine Edmonds when he is not on the field. Um, another player who who we have missed, Mitch Morse, a full participant this week, was out with that elbow and ankle injury. Another player, Greg Rousseau, had that ankle injury. He missed a couple games, full participant all week. So you're starting to get some guys back. AJ and I know Epinesa, we yeah. A.J. Epinesa as well, he was a full participant another ankle injury, and it seemed like, I don't know if it was three or four weeks ago, we started to get a little bit healthier, and then it seemed like guys were dropping like flies again. Um, It seems like right now this team is starting to get healthier. Uh, I know Von Miller and Deion Dawkins are not not a part of that equation. Josh Allen also a full participant all week with that right elbow injury. I think that's the first time we've seen that where he hasn't been limited uh, since that right elbow injury came about. So this is all good news for this team. They're starting to get some guys back. I think this is very important that they're starting to get healthier when they're going to be facing 
the Patriots this week, then the Jets, then the Dolphins, um, all AFC East teams that really, really important games, as we said um, in the open of this show. I'm glad the defense is getting a little bit healthier. Hopefully, Dion can rejoin this team next week against the Jets. Um, Hopefully Von Miller isn't that far along or that that much behind Deion Dawkins in terms of when he comes back to the team. Um, but this Patriots team, <laughs> on defense, they're going to be a tough team to beat, a tough team to score on yeah. from their their front four, their front seven to their secondary. They have some some standout, standout players. Matt Judon leads the NFL in sacks this year uh, with 13 so far. The, the rate that they pressure the quarterback um, is, a, is a top five rate. Uh, they're allowing around 18 points per game. They're a top 10 defense in terms of run defense, pass defense. They take, the way, they take away the ball at a high rate. They have 18 takeaways, good for fifth in the NFL. They're allowing a league low 58% completion percentage for opposing quarterbacks. This is not going to be easy for the Buffalo Bills offense. This is going to be tough sledding, um, which maybe that's what they need, right? Maybe they need a well, really tough defense to come, to come not in, in Highmark Stadium, but maybe they need to play against a tough de- defense to, to kind of wake up this offense because the Lions, yeah. while they have been playing better on defense as of late, they are still one of the worst defenses in the NFL. And at times, the Bills struggle to score points on them. They Their red zone percentage, I want to say, was so much better than it has been in the past. They're 75% in terms of red zone efficiency, which is a really good number. Um, right now in the season, it's around 53%, good for 19th in the NFL. NFL. Um, so maybe they need to face a good defense like like the Patriots to just wake them up and, and shock well, them back into their old yeah, ways of, I, of the beginning I, of the season. I just ta- I'd, <laughs> say, I'd, I yeah I'd take uh, sisters of the poor defense you know before that. But yeah, the Patriots it's going to be a good game. I, I think the Patriots will rise up. They in a lot of ways they're a different team than they were last year um, during the last two games that the Bills met them when you know the the Bills didn't even have to punt in those games and uh, the first game in Foxborough is is where Isaiah McKenzie, uh, Steph Diggs, and Josh Allen kind of took the game over. Mac Jones couldn't get it going offensively. The Bills played well defensively and and beat him handily. And then, of course, in the playoff game here in Buffalo, it was in doubt for about a third of one quarter uh, until the end of the first Patriot drive when, you know, Mac Jones tried to hit Nelson Aguilar down the side. I believe it was Nelson Aguilar down the sideline, and Micah Hyde picked it off. The Bills never looked back. Sayonara. Um, they went up 14 nothing, 17 nothing, 26. I mean, it was just – it was they just couldn't stop it. It was a downhill train. Oh, it was so and, fun. And, uh, yeah, the Bills got every single positive yard they could get in the entire game. They never punted, never took a negative down. Never, um, never this kicked is a, a different, field goal. <clears throat> scored touchdowns on every drive. Yeah, it's a different – different – team in this New England Patriots but overall it's I I don't think it's significantly more talented than the one last year but it's different so the Bills it's going to be a different challenge so we'll see how the Bills can do if the Bills don't do it to themselves the Patriots I don't think are good enough to do it to them yeah Uh, Mac Jones is coming off of a career game for the Patriots we know he 
against the Bills has struggled, right? Um, he did beat the Bills in that game where he had, what, three passing attempts, I he think it, it was. three times. Threw, threw it three times. Oh, that game still makes me so mad. But on Thanksgiving, they played the Minnesota Vikings. Um, they did lose. Uh, but he completed 72% of his passes for 382 passing yards, usually not a stat. You see next to the name Mac Jones, also threw for two touchdowns, had a 119 passer rating. They're coming off their best performance Coming in off a while. their best performance in a while. He's also improved quite a bit um, from weeks one through nine uh, versus the past couple weeks. Um, they had a bye week 10. Uh, but as he's been getting better, He's also been doing a lot worse against pressure, which is a good thing for the Buffalo Bills because defensive line, as they're getting healthier, getting A.J. Epinesa back, getting Greg Rousseau back, they're able to pressure the quarterback. So maybe this is just what the defense needs to do against Mac Jones uh, as he has been his stats has been improving in a lot of different ways. Pressure-wise, facing pressure, it's been going down over yeah. the last couple of weeks. I think that's the key to this game. The Bills, for the Bills' offense, it's not turning the football over. Um, for their defense, it's about putting this game in the hands of Mac Jones. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they can get do that. Make the, them one-dimensional. The Bills are, are going to have the upper hand. Take um, away Ramondre Stevenson. Right. They're going to have to – see if Mac Jones can beat them. And if he does, if, if they can put this game into the hands of Mac Jones, uh, can he beat him with pressure in his face? And how few guys they have to send to get pressure is a mm-hmm. big key, too. Early in the season, their offensive line was an atrocity. Uh, it's better now. They're starting to play better, as you would expect every team to get a little bit more sound, a little bit more uh, settled in, uh, communicate better, know each other better. Their offensive line plays better together. Uh, and that has helped them a little bit. But early in the season, that was a, it was a real problem. If the Bills can revisit that mm-hmm. for the Patriots, and of course, the, well, the Bills have been really good about getting, and I said this yesterday, the Bills have been really good on first and second down in these yeah, games. Third. And, the thir- and they have trouble getting off the field in third and long. It's been frustrating. I don't have a problem getting in that spot again and seeing if the Patriots, with a little pressure in their face, can can convert those third and longs. Agreed, agreed. On third down, their ranking in the NFL has just, it's pretty much plummeted over the season. Uh, this In the beginning of the year, they weren't giving up those third and longs. I, I don't remember that. But as of late, on third down, uh, they've been allowing teams to, let's see, where is the stat? They've been allowing teams to... Hello, I've got a big stats pack here that we prepare for oh, every matchup. And I'm lost in, in the stats Bills pack. Defense. All right, third down. They allow teams to convert 40% of the time, good for 18th in the NFL. I believe in the first few weeks they were up and they were a top 10 defense um, in terms of their third down defense, if I can find this pretty quickly. Um, but speaking of putting pressure on the quarterback we've got to give a shout out to ed oliver for winning afc defensive player of the week uh it's the first time ed oliver has won that earned that honor um for his performance against the lions he was all over the place had a sack for safety forced a fumble recovered a fumble had a couple tackles for loss six total tackles 
and he played lights out too last Thanksgiving. Yeah, he um, didn't get the he didn't get the turkey leg. He didn't get a game ball. You know, I was I was upset about that. But he did get defensive player of the week in the conference, and he deserved it. Uh, the sack force fumble, the tackle for loss, force fumble that he got, the sack for a safety he got against Goff. Uh, just he was absolute an absolute monster last week. Um, I hope. That did something for him this last week that puts him on a trajectory that he continues this weekend uh, or this week tomorrow against the New England Patriots. Having a dominant three technique like Ed, a Mm -hmm. guy who can penetrate, can run guys down behind the line of scrimmage uh, during the handoff and in the run game is enormous. Uh, He could be a game wrecker here in New England. We'll see if he can continue that, but congratulations to Ed Oliver, Defensive Player of the Week in the American Football Conference of the National Football Way to go, League. Ed. Way, Way to go. go, Ed. Finally, Have somebody giving our guy Ed some love. He, you know? he totally deserves it. Um, back to that third down stat really quickly. It seems like they've been hanging around 40%, 38% most of the season the first two weeks. Um, it was definitely better than that, but kind of as the season has gone on, um, they've been hanging around, letting teams convert around 40% They're tied for 18th downs. in the league in third down conversions, um, which, you know, they you'd like to see them better. You, you want to get off the field. <laughs> But they're fourth in red zone efficiency. They're they, hard to score been, touchdowns. They've on. been really good in the red and zone. And that's you know. And conversely, the would, Patriots are horrible on offense in the red zone. Would you rather have one over the other? You'd rather have the defense. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, the red, the Patriots convert thirty eight, almost thirty nine percent of their red zone possessions into touchdowns. That's thirty first in the National Football League. Yeah, the Patriots aren't great in the red zone. And the Bills defense is fourth. So yeah, it's that's a that's a matchup the Bills should win. In retrospect, looking back at in years past when the Bills have been a top five defense, they have not been good in the red zone. I know. Yeah. So it's just the opposite of the way it has been. Mm-hmm. Um, they are now they're about like they're like a top they're a top they're still a top five defense are the Bills. They're fifth in points allowed 12th in um, yards 12th allowed. 12th in yards, 9th in yards per play, 7th mm-hmm. in rushing yards a game, 9th in rush yards play. Um, yeah. So they're, they're really good. They're still good, really good defense. Uh, but that red zone efficiency has just absolutely flip-flopped this year, which has been really good. They're also second in the NFL in interceptions. You'd love that to continue. Yeah, I think I've been proud of this defense in a lot of ways to to hang on to stats like that, um, stats that they've had very high rankings um, through the last several years, really since Sean McDermott came to Buffalo and Leslie Frazier came to Buffalo. And this year we've seen a lot younger guys take over some of those snaps, and so you would expect maybe some of those numbers would fall a bit because you have guys who have played – have played less time in the NFL, are, are a little bit more green than players like Jordan Poyer or Micah Hyde or Tredavious White. Um, but they've they've held their own with the rookies that have been playing at corner, with the younger guys who have been playing at safety, Jaquan Johnson, DeMar Hamlin. Those numbers are still really, really good in terms of NFL rankings. Um, right. To be up there in interceptions, I know it's just not the secondary doing that, um, but to, to have a pretty high ranking, too, um, with passing touchdowns allowed, your, your top 10 defense in that. Um, yeah, that's the th- and that's the thing, too. That some of the th- other things that they're 
that they are ranked highly in interceptions. They're second, as we said. They're also tied for second overall in takeaways, which means fumbles and interceptions. Mm -hmm. They've got 20 takeaways, which is tied for second in the league. They're sixth in opponents' passer rating against them. They're very good against the passing game overall, and they're a top-10 defense in touchdown passes allowed. Yep. So they're really getting it done defensively. Uh, Tredavious White coming back, Tremaine Edmonds coming back, A.J. Epineza, Greg Rousseau coming back. That's all going to make them better. Taking Vaughn Miller out of the rotation hurts them, no question about it. Mm -hmm. But they're all healthy across the front except for Vaughn. Uh, defensively, you got to think with Milano and Edmonds back in the saddle together, they're going to have a nice game. Uh, Taron uh, Johnson, yep. Dane Jackson playing now cornerback two instead of cornerback one if Tredavious White can go a f the full distance, which don't know if he'll go the whole game, but you'd think his snap count would expand a little. Uh, give you a, maybe a half. I don't know. If he gave you 16 plays against the Detroit Lions, maybe he gives you – 25 or 30 plays mm -hmm. against the, the Patriots. Um, maybe he gets a pick. Who knows? Any of that stuff, uh, it, you're getting better on that side of the ball on a, on a defense that's already playing at a high level and has been doing so, uh, I keep saying this, no pun intended, but hamstrung by injuries. Yeah. Uh, they've really been injury prone on that side of the ball, and now they're getting pretty much healthy with the exception of Vaughn. Um, you really got to feel good going forward. And we're There's at a lot that of we're at that time of the year. A lot year. of football to go, though. A lot of football to go. It's week thirteen. There is one, two, three, four, five, six games left left for this team in the regular season. We're around the time right now where you want to start playing your best football. Yeah. You want to start. You and you do not want to see any drop off. Really these big. next three weeks are huge. You've got the Bengals and the Patriots to finish off the regular season. A couple of these games could get flexed. I would imagine some of these games are going to be played in the nighttime window just because of the opponents and because of what could be um, at stake for this team. You've got the Dolphins. That's a game that could be flexed week eight, week 15, and then the Patriots week 18. I said this when I was on earlier this week. I think the division is probably going to come down to the last couple games just yeah. because of the way the Bills have started in the division and the way that other teams have played in the division thus far. The Bills still have four games against AFC East opponents. The Dolphins and the Patriots have three, and the Jets have two games left in the division. So... Much more to come. We've got Mike Reese coming on the show at 2 o'clock. He's an ESPN NFL Nation reporter for the Patriots. So we're going to kind of get his pulse on the Patriots in this game ahead for both of these teams. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll dip into the tweet sheet. Stick with us here on One Bills Live. We are presented by Kaleida Health on Buffalo Bills Radio. Welcome back into One Bills Live. Maddie Glab here filling in for Chris Brown alongside Steve Tasker. We've got a Twitter question for you guys today. Uh, you can call us at 803-0550 or tweet at us. What are your keys to a Bills victory over the Patriots? Tomorrow we've got several that we're going to go to here in a second. But first, we've got a caller hanging on the line. Jim, Jim in Lancaster is going to join us now. Jim, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Listen, I've got uh, two things. The first one is 
put a roof on that stadium. I watched uh, our kicker kick six field goals in that Detroit Dome. It was nice. No wind, <laughs> no snow, no rain. What what are we waiting for, man? I mean, it's, it's crazy. We defeat ourselves that way. Number two, um, Odell Beckham. What do you guys think? Pick him up? Don't pick him up? you think Bean's ready to sign him? Is money going to be a problem? And, Steve, do you think we need him on our team? Well, uh, Jim, I, here's what I think about o, OBJ. Good players make you better. And he's a really good player. Uh, the question is, the question is, I mean, it's like everything. Can you afford him? Are you willing to invest in him what he's demanding and what other teams will get him? Is the, is the package that you can offer Odell unique enough and lucrative enough for him to take it? Certainly, you know this. If he comes up here, signs here as a Buffalo Bill, he's going to love it. We're going to love him. He's going to love the team. The team's going to love him. They're going to treat him like a million, like like a, a, a human being. They're going to love him, and he's going to love them back. Odell is going to love it in Buffalo because everybody does. Let's face it. You can say what you want. You can laugh at that. I know there's people <laughs> that don't live here to laugh at it. Do you come to Buffalo and play here for this fr- fr- franchise, particularly at this point in history, you are going to love being a Buffalo Bill. You'll love it. Every bit of it. And he's going to be on a great team. He's going to have a role on this team that's going to – he's going to have a chance to win a championship. So all of that stuff is in the mix. Uh, Now, what's it going to cost for the Bills? That's the big question. I don't know what the – I don't know the answer to that. I don't know if – and I I think – I mean, sure. I mean, I'm sure that the Bills have an idea of what a ballpark figure is and what their ceiling is. Listen, we can't go beyond this, this, and this. Or here's what we're thinking are the parameters. It may not be a money issue at all. It might be a length of contract issue. Or it might be a – which it kind of amounts to the same thing, if, if you know what I'm saying. But, you know, no long-term commitment. Or it may be something else. I don't know. Uh, but if they bring Odell Beckham in and he can play the way he has played recently in the recent past, yes, the Bills can use him. He's good. You're always better with better players on your team. Odell Beckham Jr. is a really good football player. I, I wouldn't say he's like right now he couldn't match Steph Diggs for production because of the knowledge and familiarity he has with Josh, uh, with you know the way he can the versatility he has within the offense and how long it would take OBJ to get acclimated. But he is certainly fit, more physically gifted than anybody on the roster at the top of the roster. Like, he's as physically gifted as Steph, as physically gifted as Gabe Davis uh, with different gifts, but that same high level. He's probably better than Khalil. Uh, At his peak, he was as fast as Isaiah McKenzie. He's bigger. Um, You know, yeah, if you sign OBJ, you get better. There's no question about it. you got to get your mind around that. The guy can really play. And I'll say this, too. Everybody has their own preconceived notions about him and all the stuff that's been said when he was in New York and they were all living in a fishbowl and everything, everything he did, even in his off time, was scrutinized. His teammates who have played with him love the guy. That's all you need to know. They know him. And they played with him. They live with him in the locker room. They know him when he's off the camera, when he's alone, when he's around at people. They know him off camera. They know him privately. And they like him. That's all you need to know about the kind of person he is. 
It diversifies your offense, the addition of OBJ. It's one more person defenses have to worry about. It's it's somebody that you want to double cover because of what he can do on the offense, because of what type of problem he is when he's on the field. And Von Miller on his Voncast, another thing he said, he addressed his injury, but he also talked about OBJ. And he said, I think once OBJ gets here, he's not going to want to leave. He said that it's not over till it's over. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens in the next couple of weeks. We'll see um, if he loves Buffalo. I know all of us are have some bias toward Buffalo because we love it so much here. Um, and we know our players love it here as well. Um, so definitely something to monitor, something to follow um, as he starts to make his way around the NFL with his visits. Uh, we want to get into our tweet sheet presented by Corgan Moving Systems, the official equipment moving systems of the Buffalo Bills. And our Twitter question, keys to a Bills victory over the Patriots tomorrow. What are your keys? What has to happen? What do the Bills need to do to give the Patriots that big L that we all want to see? Number one for Mel, please, on everything that is good and holy, do not turn the ball over. <laughs> Mel. That's a great answer, girl. I'm with you, Mel. Girl or guy, whoever it is. That's great. Um, turnovers for the Bills on offense have been a problem this season, have been a problem problem as of late. Um, they are unfortunately ranked last in the NFL in terms of uh, turnover per drive percentage, 16.4%, 32nd in the league. Yeah, if you take that Not off a the, stat you want to have. If you take that off the stat sheet, the Bills are, you know, they're an undefeated football team, mm-hmm. but they count. And part of the reason, and I, and I heard this on some of the other interviews on WGR over the course of the last couple of days, yeah, Josh has turned it over too much, and particularly in the red zone. Um, we've lost fumbles, that kind of thing. But with a quarterback like the one the Bills have, yeah, you live with it. It just comes with it. You live the, with it because yeah. for every one of those plays, there's four that go your way, mm-hmm. uh, particularly in this day and age. Oh, oh, more than two uh, other plays go your way that are difference makers. So Josh is going to make more plays than he, than he blunders. Uh, he's going to throw more touchdowns than picks. And he's, he's going to run for first downs. And uh, he's going to try and trust his arm a little bit. Um, so I, I think you kind of live with those and trust Josh to – get into a place where he can relax a little bit and not force it as often as he does, mm-hmm. take the shots that are there, and keep the ball out of harm's way. But, yeah, if the, if the Bills don't turn it over and can still play th- full-throttle football, yeah, they're a force to be reckoned with. Josh has 23 passing touchdowns, two 11 interceptions, and, and I completely agree with you. You don't want to put Josh in, in too much of a harness or or pull him back too much to the point where, where he's not doing what makes him one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Um, he's got to take what the defense gives him. That's one thing that I saw on Twitter a couple weeks ago. It was Jalen Ramsey talking about how the Bills beat the Rams in that first game of the NFL season. And Jalen said, usually you don't see a quarterback do such a good job of just taking what the defense gives you. And that's what they did, and that's how it opened their offense, and that's yeah. how they really started to get going. You can start. It, you talk about a defense that plays so sound and solid that the offense gets frustrated and that. Well, when an offense is patient and, they, and you can't get them off the field and they take this little – 
They're going to take the little chunk plays, and then they're going to move up. This little chunk, this little chunk. And the defense gets frustrated. The defense starts trying to do things to get you off the field, and that leaves them vulnerable. So patience is a virtue, particularly for Josh. And I know that we're probably going to get a lot of tweets about you know, turnovers and, and how Josh plays. All right, Scottish Bills Mafia says something similar to what we've just been talking about. Keys to a Bills victory over the Patriots. No Josh Ball heroics on offense. Play smart defense, stop the run, and force noodle arm into pressure passes. I, don't, I think I know who he's talking about. It's so bad. <clears throat> yeah, w- Bills fans, you know, t- I think after – what they went through with the Patriots franchise for so long. Take, I think there's a there's a good case. <laughs> Do you know what Schauden? I think it's called Schadenfreude. Um, taking great know, pleasure Steve. in other people's misfortune, misery. Uh, Bills fans do that with Patriots fans better yeah. than anybody. And Schadenfreude, I think, is the name of it. And when you say noodle arm to the Patriots team uh, about their quarterback and Mac Jones isn't as physically gifted as our guy uh bills fans just absolutely love doing that (laughs) in this day and age don't you think oh a hundred percent because the bills have had the patriots number over the last couple of years um yeah sean mcdermott started zero and six against bill belichick for the 17 18 and 19 now in the last two years he's he's three and one against him Mm -hmm. um with the wins with the win game being the one loss uh, so it's started to even out on that ledger, but they've still got a ways to go. And uh, it's – I think this is going to be a, a good football game, a really good football game. I think the Patriots are starting to get it together a little bit. I still don't think if the Bills – if they can't force Bills' mistakes, I still think the Patriots really struggle to beat this team. Yeah. But that's what they do well. Mm-hmm. Stop stop the run. They're going to have to do that. I think it's just stop Ramondre Stevenson overall. Mm-hmm. He he leads the Patriots in uh, catches as well, leads the team in rushing yards, leads the team with, with 50 catches. So he's somebody that you're going to want to shut down right away, uh, make this team a lot more one-dimensional uh, without him playing like he plays. Uh, he's got over 1,000 scrimmage yards so far this season, um, averages – just under five rushing yards per attempt is right around four and a half. And the Bills have done a decent job stopping the run the last couple of games. Uh, it's been really nice to see because for a second there, uh, they were allowing running backs to to kind of run all over the defense where they started the year as, as the best run defense in the NFL and kind of went away from that. Um, and then you saw some of those running backs get some really explosive plays, which kind of ran up that number in terms of the rushing yards that they were allowing. But the last couple of games, they've definitely gotten better. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson is going to be uh, another person that you're going to want to stop. You're going to want to keep that rushing number low uh, for the Patriots. Let's go to our third Answer from our Twitter question, keys to a Bills victory over the Patriots. Jeremy says, feeding the Patriots some of their own medicine. Take away a strong defense and run game and exploit their weaknesses and don't let up off the throttle. That was the recipe the last two times these teams have met. I am all in the camp of score early and score often. (laughs) The Bills haven't scored on their first drive of the game the last couple of games. Uh, Mm I can't remember off the top of my head the last time they scored on their first drive. I know the last two games they have not done that. 
and I want this offense to go out there and and have that first drive that that they have rehearsed and know a couple of the plays that they're going to do uh, once they get on the field and and put seven on the scoreboard right away. I think that's another big thing for this game is you got you got to get up early. You got to put points on the scoreboard early. You don't want to be down against this team who yeah. has a good defense. Yeah, that I, I would agree. You get off to a fast start, and it'll mm-hmm. make them panic perhaps a little bit, make them press a little bit, make them change their plan or approach a little bit. Uh, certainly, if you can find a matchup that you like, exploit it. They're going to do the same to you. I think Matt Judon brings something to this game. Uh, for instance, uh, if you're going to beat their defense, it starts up front with Judon in the passing game. Um, with Deion Dawkins out, you know Matt Judon is going to be lined up outside your left tackle, whoever that might be, whether mm-hmm. it's Questenberry or – well, it'll be Questenberry. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you got to give him some help and keep Matthew Judon from wrecking the game with a pass rush. Uh, if you can do that and run the ball as well effectively, um, not a ton, but effectively, you give yourself a chance to, to – give them something that they maybe take away something that they may maybe were counting on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's really important. Yeah. We're going to take a couple minutes off here. Mm-hmm. When we come back, we've got a couple callers hanging on the line. Don't forget, we've got Mike Reese coming up at 2 o'clock to talk about this Bills and Patriots matchup tomorrow night. Don't go anywhere here. We're One Bills Live, presented by Clyde Health on Buffalo Bills Radio. Want to join Josh on Kyle Brand's basement? Through the month of November, fans who purchase Bill's Mafia sauces or rubs at Wegmans with their Shoppers Club membership will be entered to join Josh on Kyle's podcast in December. And don't forget, proceeds from Bill's Mafia sauces and rubs go directly to the Patricia Allen Fund at Oshai Children's Hospital. Other news and notes for the Buffalo Bills. Unfortunately, one of Buffalo's longest-tenured AFL players, Al B. Miller, passed away on yeah. Wednesday. Yeah, Al uh, was a fixture. He was known by a couple of different generations of mm-hmm. Bills fans, Maddie, and Bills players. He was the center for Jack Kemp uh, for the 1965 AFL championship team. Um, and that was the, he was a you know player for those championship years and for fans who were fans of the team then. Then for fans of the teams in my era, the 90s, he was also on the sidelines with us then. He's a guy that used to stand next to Marv, and he was Marv's security detail That's on the so sidelines cool. for us. Mm-hmm. So we all, all us younger guys, we were younger then, the young guys knew Al back in the day when he was, you know, as a player, um, he was one of the guys with us on the sidelines when we were headed to the Super Bowl for, for four straight years. Al was a, he was also a big into uh, high school and collegiate wrestling in this area. Um, Al was a member of the Bills family, and we lost him uh, today, this morning. And uh, our condolences to his family mm-hmm. uh, and all those who knew and loved him so much. We're going to miss him. Uh, he was a fixture here in Buffalo. Uh, a Buffalo Bill legend for decades. Uh, he passed away today at the age of 84. Al, uh, we're going to miss you. And uh, to his family and everything, thank you so much for sharing him with us. Yeah, tough when one of the greats passes away. And I think it's so cool that he was a part of multiple different teams and in different yes, ways. Absolutely. Played for the Bills from 1961 to 1969, was on those championship teams, was a center for this team, meant a lot to the organization and, and to, to – 
players like you even when he was around on the sidelines. Yeah. I, I think that's so cool when you've got a player and and they have played, they're now former players, yeah. and they it's just unique. stick around. And you get a, you sense it in this building too mm-hmm. where uh, players and coaches, and they get to know more than just the players and coaches. They know the secretaries and the guys, you know, yeah. the guys who are sweeping up and the guys who are mowing the grass and the guys who are – ushers at the stadium, the security guys, you know, we kind of, you know, kind of all get their arms around each other. And Al was one of those guys for us. And obviously he was a great player for the team for nine years. Uh, but he was also, you know, in some of the most unbelievably awesome moments in Bill's history, yeah. he was standing next to Marv Definitely. at the end of games, helping him off the field. Um, and he was on the field a ton with us. So we, we you know, we were – yeah, we were high-fiving him as much as we were high-fiving <laughs> each other. So a guy who saw a lot firsthand, experienced it firsthand, and right there in the midst of it um, for a couple of generations of Bills fans and Bills players. So uh, he's a, that's a guy who's a, that's a big name in Bills alumni mm-hmm. who passed for us today. So sorry to say it. I'm sorry yeah. to hear it. And condolences and well wishes to his family. Before we take a break, we're going to go back to our phone lines. We've got DJ in Hamburg who's been hanging around. DJ, what's up? You're on with us on One Bills Live. Yeah, how you doing? Good, um, how Maddie are you? And, uh, Steve. Uh, for your question, I say defense, defense, defense. If they do their job, right, I, I think Josh will put up enough points to beat the Patriots, okay? I do have a question, though. Uh, see what your perspective is of it. Uh, I think our huddle is, uh, to me, it seems like it's a little loose. It's not tight enough. And you could see Josh uh, calling out the place off his uh, play play sheet on his arm. And I'm just curious if the, if that's a problem or not, especially when you're going to New England. Maybe they're up in the upper decks with binoculars trying to read some of the plays that he might be calling. Yeah, DJ, I hear you. Um yeah, there's a lot of that. Um, I don't know that they got players are going to be doing it on the field, and your own players are just as sensitive to giving that stuff away as we are to maybe having somebody steal it. So, if you think as a player, and you're looking around, your your antenna are always up as a player. You know this too, man. You you sense when the other team is sensing your. You know, getting out ahead of you. Uh-huh. So if they thought if the players thought it was a problem, they would bring it up to the coaching staff and they'd make a change. So if the guys on the field are okay with the way Josh is calling the plays and the fact that those they're not getting any inkling that the other team has any idea what they're saying um, or can hear it or understand it, yeah. But also, you're right. The Patriots have always been accused of doing stuff like that, stealing signals, filming defensive signals filming walkthroughs of their opponents in neutral sites. I mean, so, yeah, your antenna are up, and the team is always on the on guard to make sure their locker room is secure, that nobody's going in there that doesn't isn't supposed to be in there, um, all of that kind of stuff. It's, it's, yeah, it's one of those places where back in my day it was the Raiders. And we, you know, the, we used to think that the, the Oakland Raiders and Al Davis and those guys had spies in every city and that, you know, you had to close <laughs> your practices when you're on Raiders week and that kind of stuff. Uh, it's a common thing, but yes, um, I'm sure that is monitored constantly by the club, all the stuff you were talking about. 
Yeah, keep it tight on Patriots Week on on whatever week. It's amazing that there's teams out there that just feel like they they need to cheat to be equal with some other yeah, people. Yeah, and it, and uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. All righty, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to have Mike Reese on with us. He is an ESPN NFL Nation Patriots reporter. Has been covering the Patriots since 1997. He knows the ins and outs of this team, and he's going to tell us all about it. When we return here on One Bills Live, we're presented by Clyde Help. This is Buffalo Bills Radio. One Bills Live, presented by Kaleida Health. Welcome back into One Bills Live. Maddie Glab alongside Steve Tasker. One hour down, one hour to go. And to begin our 2 o'clock hour, we would like to bring on Mike Reese, ESPN's NFL Nation Patriots reporter. He's covered the Patriots since 1997 and is a member of the Professional Football Writers of America. Mike joins us by phone. He's on with us now. Mike, thanks for taking the time to speak with us today. Absolutely, Maddie and Steve. I was just thinking when you mentioned... Since 1997, I was thinking about all the trips to Orchard Park, New York, uh, over those years. And just, you know, we've talked about it in the past. Just a great rivalry, Patriots and Bills. Well, it's great. it has been great for the Patriots over the last 20 <laughs> years. Maybe you should, maybe you should have come to vi- cover the Bills 1997. <laughs> Things would have been that much different. Um, or maybe not. I don't know. But what? give us a little insight into how you think this matchup is. The Patriots come in. Uh, six and five on the season, but two and one in the division. The Bills are zero and two in the division, and the Bills and <clears throat> over the next couple of weeks, this is a make or breaks part of the year for all of these teams. No doubt, Steve. And I was going to say, I mean, lately the Bills have had the Patriots number right in the rivalries, so I think that's part of what makes it great, right? It goes back and forth a little bit. You know, for the Patriots, uh, I would say being around them this week, one thing that stood out to me is. I feel like the, the defensive players uh, feel like their pride is a little bit on the line. You know, the last two games, um, not, not forcing the Bills to even have their punter, you know, come out on the field. Um, so I think, to me, that's a storyline I'm watching tomorrow night. Just, you know, can the Patriots' defense provide more resistance against Josh, um, you know, and, the, and the, the Bills' offense? And I would say, you know, in terms of the Bills are favored, as they should be, I, I do wonder – if this stretch catches up to them, you know, three games in 12 days all on the road, I think that's a, a big ask, you know, and so I want to see how they respond to that. Yeah, I would I would agree. I think at, at this point, too, we're, we're not the players and we're even feeling this stretch of, of three games in 12 days and, and the craziness with the snowstorm and a game being moved. And so I think our team as a whole is just ready to have this put behind them and, and ready to have a Sunday 1 o'clock game, which they will have against the Jets next week. Uh, you guys played on Thanksgiving as well. The Patriots did. Uh, they lost to the Vikings 33-26, to but Mac Jones, he had had a performance, 382 passing yards, 72% completion percentage around that, a 119 passer rating. What made Mac so good against the Vikings on Thanksgiving, Mike? 
So, Maddie, he had more time, more time to throw. He got more comfortable as a result of it. And, you know, we saw more plays down the field. I will say those numbers are balanced off a little bit by how the offense sort of fell off the table in the fourth quarter when it really mattered the most. Um, you know, they had a chance to win the game, couldn't pull it off. And offensively, it was a big disappointment for them because um, they had the opportunities, you know, to do that. And, and I would highlight one other thing, red zone offense for the Patriots. You might be surprised to hear this. They rank 31st out of 32 teams in the NFL red zone offense. They get to the 20 and it's like they cannot punch it in. And against a high-scoring team like the Bills, that's going to be hard if you have to settle for three in those situations. What makes their defense tick? Because certainly this has been a, a team that has won six games on the strength of their defense because you know their offense struggled and it's you know notably struggled because of the coaching change from Josh McDaniels and now it's it's the setup that it is now with Patricia, Joe Judge, and the uncertainty that was there in the preseason. Mac Jones in his second year. Uh, this team has really been driven by their defense. What what's the strength of that defense? How does that how does that play out? It's it's the guy in the red sleeve, Steve. It's Matthew Judon leads the NFL with 13 sacks, and you know just tying it into tomorrow night with Deion Dawkins not playing. You know, is that advantage Patriots? Well, it should be. But I would point out, you know, last week against the Vikings, they were without their starting left tackle, uh, Christian Derrissa, who's a very good player, and the Patriots, um, yeah, I would say, weren't able to really turn that advantage in their favor. So when the Patriots are at their best defensively, they marry up their pass rush with the coverage. It's team defense, and Judon's usually sort of the heartbeat of that defense. When he's getting after the passer um, and creating havoc, that's usually when they have their best results. Yeah, I was going to say the Patriots have been able to pressure the quarterback at, at a really high rate this year because of Matthew Judon. And because of somebody like that, your secondary has more time on the back end to match up and to make moves. And that's why they've been able to take the ball away at a high rate as well. What has been the highlight? Who's been that guy in the secondary who, who's really allowed them to play at such a high level? Uh, thanks to Matt Judon, um, but also because of what they're able to offer in the secondary because some of those guys have, have been playing lights out this season? It's a great question, and I would say Jonathan Jones, uh, cornerback who actually didn't play in any of the games last year against the Bills um, due to a shoulder injury he had early last season. Uh, he's been a surprise story. Uh, basically, you know, you remember J.C. Jackson. They lose him in free agency, and a big question was, like, who's going to replace him? Jonathan Jones had been their slot corner for the most part, but they end up playing him outside this year, and he's been very good in that role. So, you know, obviously stepping up in class, um, you know, coming up with Stefan Diggs and Gabe Davis. Um, and last week against um, Justin Jefferson, you know, Jonathan Jones did struggle a little bit. So I want to see, you know, how it looks tomorrow night. But I would say Jonathan Jones is the player that people should know, number 31 for the Patriots. Sort of a surprise story the way that's unfolded this year. This Patriot team seems to be a lot like other Patriots teams in that really, really consistent. Certainly, uh, they, they crescendo. They started out. You can tell that they get, they're a different team from month to month as the season progresses. They get better in a lot of areas unless something, you know, injuries happen or whatever. But this team seems to be the same, and one consistent thing about them is when they give up 20 points, they lose. When they don't give up 20 points, they win. 6-0 uh, and oh when they're, they hold their opponents to under 20, yard, 20 points, 
and 0 and 5 when they give up 20 points or more. Um, why is that really a threshold that is? Can you put your finger on why that is? So offensively, Steve, it's been like a tractor pull at times this year. You you referenced it before the whole coaching change, and you know Mac Jones was injured. Um, you know missed three games with the high ankle sprain. So that's part of it. You know, they, they want to believe that, that they will be able to sort of, I guess, heighten that threshold, make it a, 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 a higher number, and maybe there are signs that's coming after this last game. As Maddie mentioned, Mac Jones' numbers against, um, you know, a Vikings defense that has been prone to give up some passing yards, but really it has been defense and special teams for them and the offense complementing them. Um, Maybe it's getting Mac more comfortable. I will say this, like you mentioned building and consistency. Mac has cut down on the turnovers the last three, four games, and that has been a key. If that continues, maybe that that number, maybe it's 24, maybe it's 27 as they move forward. Yeah, with those turnovers, what else needs to happen consistency-wise with this offense to be able to put more points up on the scoreboard and, and to feel good about Mac Jones as a quarterback? I know you mentioned red zone efficiency. I, I checked against the Vikings, and they were 0 for 3 in the red zone. The Vikings, on the other hand, 60% in the red zone. What else needs to happen for this offense to be more consistent? So, so Maddie, Ramondre Stevenson, the running back, second year out of Oklahoma, it was a fourth-round pick last year, and his rate of improvement has really um, been eye-opening to Bill Belichick. He's actually mentioned that, that, you know, of all the players he's coached in his career, and we're talking 48 years now, Ramondre Stevenson would be near the top of the list in terms of players who improved at the, the, the fastest pace from when they came in like he was he was sort of benched early in his rookie season came back and now in in what I would say is maybe the highest compliment you could get from Bill Belichick he said this week that Ramondre Stevenson is making James White level plays and you both remember James White the the reliable third down back well Ramondre is a big back he can carry it on first and second down he can catch it on third down and so getting him going with the run game to support the pass game to me, that's the easy formula to make life easier for Mac Jones. What about Mac Jones's outside weapons? Who has started to emerge uh, from that group? So Devontae Parker, Steve, coming off one of his best games of the season, big target, 6'3", 219, you know, 50-50 ball type of guy, a contested catch type of receiver. Um, Nelson Aguilar had the long touchdown, more of a speed guy. Um, so he's out there, and Jacoby Myers is the go-to guy. Like, when they need a play, it seems to me like Mac looks in Jacoby Myers' direction more than any other. And he's, you know, maybe you might call him more of an inside guy, but I would say inside-outside guy. He can line up anywhere and be effective. They also have a rookie, Tyquan Thornton, who can really run, uh, but he's sort of faded after maybe breaking through a little bit a, a month or so ago, and Kendrick Bourne's the other slot guy. So they go five deep at receiver, and it's sort of one of those situations that depending on the week, any one of them you know, might become a factor depending on the way the defense sort of plays them. 
Mike Reese of ESPN is on with us now. I want to ask you another question about Mac Jones and what he's done this season. Um, some of the stats show that he's improved in a lot of ways as the season has gone on, especially weeks 8 through 12. But while he's improved, he has also done worse against pressure since week 8. What has it been about him facing pressure from the beginning of the season maybe to now that, that he's struggled with? Because uh, when he's not facing pressure, he's completed uh, 70 percent of his passes since week eight when he is facing pressure since week eight the number's down to 43 percent what has the issue been there has it been offensive line related with with what max been able to or hasn't been able to do you know maddie i I'm a, i would say it's a combination you know at times i've watched and and it's just been a, a pure breakdown for the offensive line um but i would say other times you look and you don't see anyone open so you know, when I think about Tom Brady after all those years with the Patriots, like the checkdowns, right, the smart pass, the easy passes to get, keep yourself out of trouble, haven't seen as many of those, you know, this year for the Patriots and Mac Jones. So I think offensive line, definitely part of it. But I would say, you know, sometimes you got to have guys uncovered or scheme-wise set it up where there's always an outlet, you know, for Mac to be able to get himself out of that trouble. And as you see this game unfold, what do you think, if the, if the Patriots were going to have to do something different than they've been doing to beat the Bills, what's it going to be? Well, I don't want to give, like, the cliche. I was thinking the turnovers, which it surprised right. me, Steve. Surprised me that the Bills were just plus one. That's a lot of giveaways oh, yeah. for the Bills this oh, season. Yeah. I was surprised when I saw that. Um, Patriots have the same, almost the same number. So, but let's get away from turnovers. That's sort of obvious, right? What, what do they have to do? I think they have to possess the ball on offense to protect their defense. So I'm going to be looking at time of possession because Josh and that offense, they're going to get theirs. Like, it's just too good. But if you limit their possessions and create, you know, um, I guess you'd call it a limited margin for error for them, maybe you can steal one. So that would be my thought. Possess the ball on offense to complement your defense. And then, Mike, as you look around the AFC East and, and just the way that this division has played this year, all teams above 500 right now and what's at stake, what are your thoughts on, on the AFC East this season and, and kind of what's left for these teams? I mean, we don't know what's going to happen here with the division up for grabs. I think it's awesome, Maddie. You know, for so many years it, it felt like the Patriots, it was their division, right? And now – it's super exciting. I mean, you have a Patriots team that's six and five. If they were in the NFC South, I mean, I think they'd be in first place, right? Uh, here they are in last place. So to me, this is what makes it exciting. December football that matters, right? Every game matters. And I don't know how it's going to unfold. I don't know how, if anyone knows how it's going to unfold. And I think that's part of what makes the NFL so great. All right, Mike, thank you so much for joining us here on One Bills Live. Uh, good luck covering the game on Thursday night. We hope it's an entertaining one from both teams. Definitely. Always great to talk with you, Maddie. Thanks, Steve. Have a great one. Thank you, Mike. All right, that was Mike Reese of ESPN. He's their NFL Nation Patriots reporter, has covered the team since the late 90s, knows, knows a lot about this team and knows about how they have dominated the, in the AFC East yeah. and, and now – it has been Even it's now. been it's been the Bills the last couple right. of seasons, but this season it's been up for grabs. The Bills are 0-2 in the division. Patriots 2-1 in the division. Uh the next three games as as we've talked about is 
very, very, very important for the Bills with their division title hopes on the yeah, lines. The, the Patriots have beaten the Dolphins or mm-hmm. have beaten the Jets twice, lost to the Dolphins. Um, and the Bills, of course, have lost to the Jets and the Dolphins, playing only two division games where everybody else has played more than that. The Bills getting most of their division games coming up in the next month and a half. Uh, three of them coming up right now. Yeah. Uh, they get a chance to get on the board in the win column in the division against the Patriots this week or tomorrow night. And it's, you know, the Patriots, as you would expect, they're hard to beat. Yeah, they're not just going to. Uh, they're hard to beat, especially in this go division. Away easily. Yeah. They've, they've got a, a good, good defense. I was curious because I was, you know, three AFC East games, three division games. How often has that happened for this team since Sean McDermott has taken over? It's only happened once where they've faced in three straight weeks division opponents. Uh, you, you see two games in a row quite a bit, uh, but you don't see three games in a row quite right. a bit. Yeah. So. Yep. Uh, We've got a caller who's been hanging on the line for a while, so we want to get to you before we go to break. Let's go to Fred in Rochester, who has a question about the game for us. Fred, you're on with us on One Bills Live. Hi, guys. Uh, Thanks for taking the call. Um, uh, I just called a local television station here in Rochester, and the game is not being televised here. And you've got a lot of people here who aren't real happy. Um, and that includes the television stations here. Um, I don't know. You know, we're only 60 miles away. I, I'm not sure what the deal is with, with Prime or the NFL or who makes these decisions. But um, I can tell you that a big part of your fan base here is not real happy with what's going on. Yeah, well, I, I get you, Fred, but there's not – I mean, that's – a little bit above the pay grade that you're talking to right here. Um, <laughs> We've got a, an answer for you, That's at the you, national though. level uh, you're talking about. And that ha- comes down to where what TV market you're part of. That means when you turn your TV on, you get your local markets. If you get the Rochester markets, you're not going to get the Bills game this week. If you get the Bills, if you get the Buffalo market and the news and the, and the weather and all that stuff, you are going to get the game. And what it comes down to is that a, Amazon Prime paid a, literally – a gajillion. Billion, billions of dollars <laughs> for the right to do that. Now, you can go on, and it's pretty easy to do. You get on the app, and it, they make it pretty intuitive, particularly, and you get the free trial. You can go on and click on it, and it pops right The picture pops right up, and you just click on that, <laughs> and that Steve. comes right You go on Prime Video. Even if you don't have Prime Video, you This li- is an Amazon Prime commercial yeah, now. Yeah, you go on. You click on Amazon Prime. It comes on and it says, hey, look what you can watch on Amazon Prime. Would you like to watch Amazon Prime free uh, for a free trial? <laughs> and you say, yes, and there you go. That's how you watch it. It's that simple, uh, although you're right. You can't just turn on your TV and on your regular sports channel and get it. So, um, And I get it, Fred. Uh, you're, in, you're not alone in that. <laughs> and it's a, every, the times we live in, they're changing. you gotta, you got to learn how to use electronics. Um, and for old guys like me, that kind of stinks sometimes. I'm LOLing at you because you just dropped the old guy and it's hard to use electronics. Uh, the game is available on the ABC affiliate in the Buffalo television market, WKBW, but not Rochester because it's considered a secondary market. So there's no local stations that were allowed to purchase rights to the game, unfortunately. So uh, your options are, for, for all my Rochester peeps, I, I'm so sorry, Um but you can drive to Buffalo 
drive to Orchard yeah. Park, watch the game with a friend. Yeah, yeah, you could make the make the drive over and or, commute. Or you can do the Amazon Prime thing that that, go to somebody that Steve who, yeah, just who does explained. That, you know? Yeah. <laughs> All right, we're gonna take a break. When we come back here, we're gonna dip more into the tweet sheet. You, we've got a ton of answers as to what should be the keys to victory for the Bills against the Patriots. Give us a call here, eight zero three zero five fifty. We've got thirty minutes left in this show. Stick with us here. One Bills Live. We're presented by Clyde Health on Buffalo Bills Radio. back here on One Bills Live. Maddie Glab and Steve Tasker as we've got 30 minutes left in this afternoon's show. You guys will be on tomorrow. We've got a game tomorrow night. Do your days just feel extra long when you yeah. guys have to do the show and then you have the game? And then you get to do the post-game show with Some, me, which is probably going to be like midnight, Yeah, this o'clock. isn't like a, a regular... Well, I don't know. It's going to be a long day tomorrow, but we get that time off between the show and the game. At least I will. Brownie's going to do the show... F- this show with me from his hotel room mm-hmm. in New England. Then he's going to do or the maybe pregame in, show Maybe they with stay me. in Providence. I don't know. And then uh, then he does pregame with you. Then he goes to the game, does the game, does postgame. Then you and I do postgame. Yeah, it's a long day. Then he's flying home. It's a long day. It's going to be a long day for everybody, but we're okay yeah. with well, it. Well, it's okay. Bring the coffee, just, Tasker. Yeah, and just give me... Get lug, the lug, win, lug. get the W, and nobody else cares. Care Nothing about. else cares. That's all else we care about. Yeah, it's uh, but it is. It's a long day for everybody, <laughs> and it's it's almost as long as those home games at one o'clock in the afternoon here on Sunday. Oof, those you gotta are long get here early too. to be traffic. Yeah, I get here early. So do you? Mm-hmm. You get here early, right? You get here early and, and go have fun for I a got, couple yeah, hours. I got. To, I don't have anything to do till post game. Wow. So I got a couple of obligatory stops that a I make. Two tree in the yeah. And then, yeah, and then uh, I do that, uh, and then I watch the game from behind Murph and Eric yep, up you in and the me. radio booth. We're, yeah, you and I sit together. Yeah. Yeah, and we both got our little we're surfaces. We're buddies on game day. Yeah, we're surface people. We're sitting there. We got all the stats in front of us, and we're watch, listening to the broadcast, and then we do the post-game live. All that, we're back on post-game live tomorrow. I know. It's been a, it's been a been couple a weeks, yeah. so you guys can check us out right after the game. It's going to be streaming on the app, the then, website, Twitter, and then we'll also do the same version, basically, but for MSG. Uh, that will air at... Yeah, that's Bills tonight. That'll It's supposed to go at 1130. At 11.30, I was going to say, but, but it'll probably air on Friday morning for the first time, I would yeah, guess. Yeah, we won't tape it until 11.30. I know. <laughs> at least. So, Yeah. Crazy, crazy. All right, this week's game sponsor is Lecom. Lecom, we make doctors. Let's go right back into our tweet sheet uh, that we've got. What are going to be the keys to a Bills victory over the Patriots tomorrow? Uh, We left off at West Coast Bills Mafia. Stop the run. All caps, periods in between each word. Uh, Stop the run. Yes, the Buffalo Bills are going to have to do that. They've been better at stopping the run the last couple of games. Um, Started the season off as the number one run defense, which was so good to see for a team who has struggled against the run. Uh, Kind of got away from that, and and now they're back to doing uh, a lot better job of stopping the run. They rank seventh, allowing 105 rushing yards per game. They're really going to have to stop Ramondre Stevenson. He's their weapon on that team. Yeah, and I, I think stopping the run is has a ripple effect when you play this yeah. team. It puts the game in the hands of Mac Jones, um, turns your front four loose, and theoretically, and I, the way the Bills have been playing lately, third and long is a common occurrence Ugh. for this offense, for this defense. Yeah. Um, 
and it's I think the frustrating part about watching the Bills play these days, even though they're they're eight and three and they're you know they're they're playing really well. The frustrating part is when is when you know they kind of do it to themselves. Sometimes they'd be they'd be playing every game like they played the first two weeks of this season. They'd hang thirty one. It's a thirty one to ten effort against the L.A. Rams and a forty one to seven effort against the Tennessee Titans. I mean, nobody was even you know getting a hand on these guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when they start turning it over and when they start giving up the frustrating thing you got to watch on this team once in a while is watching them give up a third and 13 conversion or a third and 11 conversion. It shouldn't be easy to convert. And, and teams are getting it on them. Uh, the frustrating way the Bills seem to be susceptible to the screen pass and can't run a screen pass of their own that's any good. Mm-hmm. All of that stuff is frustrating for, for Bills fans, but it – hasn't been a detriment to their ability to win games. Um, but when you say stop the run as a key to win in this game, I think it, it goes a long way because I think this Patriots offense has yet to prove, despite what happened against Minnesota, they have yet to prove that Mac Jones can line up and beat somebody. Sling it. Uh, we'll see if they can do that if the Bills do stop the run. John says, I think it comes down to pressure on Mac Jones. He's statistically terrible against pressure. An ability to keep pressure off Josh, unfortunately, with Questenberry starting and Brown struggling and Judon having a good year. This is a tall order. Go Bills. That's yeah. a big question of this game. Yeah. I think that's going to be something that's important to pay attention to when you guys are watching the game. Watch the offensive line uh, for the Bills and for the Patriots, watch what type right. of pressure both defensive lines are, are able to get on both quarterbacks. Are they sending extra people? Are they sending blitzers? What does that look like? Is is Judon able yeah. to truly pressure Josh? Is he breaking free? Um, what about some of our guys? How does Greg Rousseau look uh, when he's had a couple weeks off? How does the defensive line look without Von Miller in a game? Haven't had that yet this season. So I think, you know, you hear coaches say all the time, the trenches are so important. The trenches are so important. Trenches are going to be fun to watch this week, I think. Yeah, I, I agree. And he's right. The pressure that the Bills put on Mac Jones, how fast does it happen? And how many guys does it take to get there? And the pressure that the Patriots can put on Josh Allen. Now, Josh is better under pressure than Mac Jones is, statistically. Totally, totally. Even to your, Even to the untrained eye, he handles it better because of his ability to get away from it and run and extend the play. And even if they, you know, you feel like there's a couple of plays, if you take a still picture of it and you think, and you tell people like after this right here, what happens? Josh threw a touchdown <laughs> ABC. pass, right? Where he looks like he's, like he's gotten and he's not gotten. Um, that's the difference between one of the differences between Josh Allen and Mac Jones. But those, the, the ability of the defensive line to pressure the opposing quarterback in this game, uh, particularly for Buffalo, given the question marks they have at defensive end, you know, you're just getting Russo's back in the lineup. A.J. Epines is back in the lineup finally. Vaughn's out now. What that mix and match is going to look like and the rotation is going to look like, uh, and can the Bills' offensive line without Deion Dawkins handle Matt Judon? Uh-huh. It's a big question mark for both teams. Yeah. Number six from Connor says, Buffalo needs a clean game with no turnovers. I 100% agree with Steve Tasker that if the Bills don't shoot themselves in the foot, they are unbeatable. Defense containing Ramondre Stevenson and forcing Mac Jones to have to beat us with his arm. Let's go, Bills. Yep. Comes to what you can do, comes down to what, what this team can do and, and the mistakes that 
they can avoid making because turnovers have, have been this team's Achilles heel this season, unfortunately, with the way they've turned yeah, turn, the ball over. Turnovers are the stat that has eaten up the Bills' margin of error. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's been I, – I also think it's been tough to see that because of – how good Josh Allen was in the red zone up until this season. Like, his stats were incredible with, you know, in 67 games, he'd only turned the ball over once in the red zone or something leading up until when he started to turn the ball over in the red zone this season. Um, But I think because he's done it before, he can get back to doing it again. And like we said, that's just something that comes with the quarterback, something that is just on the side of with Josh Allen. He's this – incredible passer he's this incredible gamer and you don't want to take that that gamer out of him and because of that you're sometimes going to get those turnovers where where you scratch your head and go really yeah that's right uh you got to be willing to live with a little of what goes on with josh allen and uh yeah certainly the bills are willing to do that i mean but this game is going to hinge on on that a lot Steve says the Bills need to slow down the Patriots' pass rush by spreading the field and getting the ball out quickly. Draws and a solid screen game would be nice. Would you like to see a couple screens from the Bills on offense? What do you think about that? Yeah, sure. I'm all about it. But, (laughs) you know, we've seen it before. We haven't seen it. And I think I brought this up the other day to Brownie, and I don't know know if it holds water or not. Um, I I was asking – just kind of a hypothetical question as to whether one of the reasons the Bills can't run screens is because of the team's, um, I don't know, um, their wariness of a mobile quarterback. Uh-huh. I don't know if I've, I don't know if I can remember whether it's just me having selective memory. Like, do mobile quarterbacks notoriously have trouble in the screen game uh-huh. for their teams? Do teams with mobile quarterbacks notoriously have trouble with that? Um, you don't really see, although I, I think, I think Baltimore. You see them running a screen yeah, once in a while, right? Uh, you know, Ravens. so I, I don't know that it's that, but there's something in the DNA of this team <laughs> that keeps them from having a, an extensive and prolific screen game. What it is, I do not know, but I. I might that's a hill I might die on saying yeah. they, that's not in their repertoire. Yeah, speaking of screen game and, and thinking about the running backs on the Bills and, and what they could do in this game and, and how they could be beneficial to this offense. The Bills have rushed for over a hundred and sixty yards in three straight games. It's actually the longest active NFL streak right now. A little crazy. They've rushed for over 100 yards in every single game this season. They're the only team in the NFL to do that. By a long shot. And that's a, a lot of that is on Josh Allen because he's been averaging sure. uh, over 50 rushing yards a game. But Devin Singletary has had over 70 rushing yards in, in the last two games in, in each game. I think we'd love to see that consistency out of him. He's had three rushing touchdowns. Touchdowns in the last three games. No rushing touchdowns in the first eight games. Would be great to see Naheem Hines get involved a little bit more. Uh, he had a great performance on special teams uh, in, in the last couple games. I think he's he's helped yeah. give this team good field position. Um, I think he's a threat on offense with, with his speed, um, with his versatility, with what he's done uh, on the Colts. That'd be fun to see him get involved. Love the spark that we saw from James Cook uh, against the Browns. 
didn't really show up against the Lions. He struggled a little bit against the Lions, but want to see some consistency out of him because I think those are are a couple players, Devin, James, Naheem, that could really help Josh, could really help the offense and and have helped Josh this season. You mentioned that uh, Naheem Hines had helped him on special teams with return game, had a couple of really nice returns Mm -hmm. and has been a difference maker. I I was reading up today and I came across something – that, you know, Jake Bailey is the New England kicker who's been injured. He's been out for, like, this may be uh-huh. his third game out. And they've replaced him with Nick Folk, the veteran. Now, they played indoors last week against the Minnesota Vikings and they had seven kickoffs because their offense scored some points. Um, only two of those kickoffs reached the end zone, and that was mm. indoors. So it looks to me I like, like that. yeah, there may be a chance for some kickoff returns in this game. Now, the Patriots are really good at special teams, so you, you can't, like, count those right, chickens right. until you, you know, sit on them and hatch them. Uh, so the Bills – but you got to know, too, that the Bills are, are going to have a chance to return some kicks, and they better be ready uh, to see if they can get it out past the 25 and get some positive yards on that. But they're going to have some opportunities, depending on how many times they kick off. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow's forecast is is looking pretty good for this game in Foxborough. I know it's raining there how, now. How glad are we it's not today oh in Buffalo? Gosh. Oh, my gosh. Uh-uh. No, thank you. We've got people lining up two by two outside. It is. It's, it's so, so bad. rainy out there. Um, tomorrow, 42 degrees is your high um, in Foxborough. 25 degrees is your low, sunny Winds 5 to 10 miles mile per hour overnight, so that's what you want to see. Um, it'll be a little bit chilly out there, but it's not going to be rainy. It's not going to be snowy. <clears throat> as long as it's not 40-mile-an-hour winds. Oh, my gosh. When you think about weather games, ugh, that game was crazy. Yeah, it was nuts. Crazy, was frustrating. Frust- very frustrating. <laughs> really None frustrating. of that tomorrow night. All right. JT says we've got to stay disciplined and watch the turnovers. Also, wide receivers other than 14 need to start getting open more. Smoke can help with that eventually. His speed can stretch the field, seeing as 73 will be out. Getting our starting center Mitch back is big. Bills win 31-17. to Go Bills. Do we think we'll see John Brown at all in this game? Right now he's on the practice squad. We'll, we'll see if he's activated. Uh, they'll have to do that today, right? Yeah, um, Tanner Gentry has been activated the last couple games. Right. Uh, I don't know that John Brown will give you a little something, give you anything more on special teams, like as a cover guy. So I don't right. think so. Tanner Gentry is important because Jake Coomer has been struck, has been out with an injury. Yep. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's a really good question. Uh, I think John Brown, as a veteran player. Although Jake Coomer, I mean, not Jake, uh, Tanner Gentry's been around for now, this is third year. Three so, years, yeah. Uh, it'll be interesting. I wouldn't I wouldn't say no to that. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets activated either. Do I think he's going to have a big role in the offense? This, I think it'll be week? really, no. I think it'll be really interesting to see what kind of shape he's in. I think they'll get a handle on that. They've probably put him through his paces already to see if they Came, can kind of find got out. Got signed off the couch, so it's right. not like he was on another team. Uh, although he has been staying in shape, yes, and, yes. and he had made mention that he sent videos of himself doing that. To, to Chad Hall. To Chad Hall, mm-hmm. Brandon Bean. So that's interesting. If I'll say this. If he gets elevated to the r- roster, he's in. 
Yeah. No, he's not. They're not going to elevate him and deactivate him. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So keep an eye out for that. Yeah. Who else do you want to see get involved in the passing game that maybe hasn't as much as we've wanted to this season? I'm James Cook, of. and I think uh, Dawson Knox. Dawson Knox is who I'm. I'd like of to see too. Dawson Knox get some more opportunities. Um, I think the Patriots kind of they have a really good understanding of how to take away interior offensive players, um, I, I, any offensive player. But I think what what you have to do when you play the Patriots, you have to count on the Patriots having a solid, rock-solid plan for taking away Stephon Diggs. Mm-hmm. Uh, as though he, he's not – got to go into this game thinking as though he doesn't exist. You have a plan for that. Now, try and get him the ball like always, but know that they're going to have a really good plan, solid plan to take him away. And to not only that, or perhaps bait you into going to him and then picking it off, kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, so you got to have a plan. Uh, uh, all right, who else? Gabe Davis, Dawson Knox, um, James Cook. That kind of plan. Last year, remember we mentioned it. It was Isaiah McKenzie, twelve targets, eleven receptions for a buck fifty or whatever, and you know a couple of, and a touchdown or two. Uh, crucial plays as well, all over the field. Josh found him. That's the kind of thing you're going to see tomorrow if indeed the Bills are prolific offensively. Somebody else, an other, is going to have to do it other than Diggs. Although he can contribute in different ways, they're going to do everything they can to make the Bills beat them left-handed, as it were. And last week for the Bills, it was Isaiah McKenzie as well. He had six catches for 96 receiving yards, had a touchdown, Stefan Diggs uh, didn't have much production in the beginning of that game, although he did come on for that final um, drive there for the 45-yard field goal that Tyler Bass kicked. That was a game winner uh, for the Bills. Came on strong in the second half of the game, finished with eight catches for 77 yards and touchdown that Stefan Diggs was targeted 15 times, though. That's a big number. Um, so we'll see if Isaiah McKenzie can have some consistency there. I, the slot is so important to Josh Allen and what Josh Allen can do and was his security blanket, Cole Beasley was, in his first couple years in the NFL. I think this offense is better when Isaiah McKenzie gets going. I think this offense is better when they have multiple people involved. Um, when you think about the victory that the Bills had over the Patriots um, in that playoff game where they won 47-17, to your leading receiver – not Stefan Diggs. It was Dawson Knox. He had five catches for 89 yards and two touchdowns. I know we all remember that game. Gabe Davis also had a touchdown. Yeah. So did Emmanuel Sanders. Yeah. If, jo- if maybe- the Bills can protect Josh Allen, they're going to win. You think we see some trickery here on offense? We haven't really seen many trick plays on offense this year. I don't well, they haven't been in a position where they really needed yeah. needed that, you know, kind of thing. Uh certainly there are certain situations where you want to try that, but um yeah, I I think they feel like man manning up and just let's say let's do what we do up. is good enough. Yeah. Um like this this highlights we're watching here now of last year's Patriot game in Foxborough uh and Isaiah McKenzie splattered all over him. The thing you notice is that Josh just didn't have to run for his life at all. You know, um, he had time to look around and he was just delivering it. 
Speaking of Josh Allen running for his life, we've got a, an interesting stat about how the Bills do when Josh Allen goes for over 75 rushing yards. So we're going to tell you that here after the break. Don't go anywhere. We're One Bills Live. We're presented by Kaleida Health on Buffalo Bills Radio. couple minutes here until we are closing it out on this Wednesday afternoon. That feels like a Saturday since it's a Buffalo Bills Saturday. Uh, I told you guys I had an interesting stat about Josh Allen uh, with his rushing yards. So here it is. The Bills are 4-7 and seven when Allen rushes for over 75 yards in a game in his career. 4-7. and seven. They're 0-4 when he has over 75 rushing yards and no rushing touchdowns. Josh has rushed for over 75 yards in three of the last four games. The Bills are one and two in those games. So while it helps the team, it helps them gain yards, it helps them move down the field, I think everybody is happier when Josh isn't the leading rusher, when he doesn't go over 75 yards. How many times have we looked – at the stats, at the box score, and it's been a Bills win, and Devin Singletary has been the leading rusher, and you're like, oh, that looks good. Yeah, That's what I want. like once this <laughs> season, right? Uh, you're right, though. When Josh runs it, uh, it's great when he runs it, when he converts downs, make, makes plays, but it's also better when they save him and when he runs it and he gets into the end zone. Um, that's different. Yes. When he's running yes. and he's not getting into the end zone, that's because they're having trouble getting open and the offense is not working the way it's supposed to work, and I think that's indicative of it. You want him to run because it is Josh Allen, but you don't want him to put up those types of numbers yeah. when it's hurting yeah. the team instead of helping the team. All right, on tomorrow's show, Field Yates, Scott Chandler, Steve well, Tasker, yeah. and Chris Brown. Right, you Scott guys are Chandler, pulling double tight duty. End played for the Bills and also yeah. for the New England Patriots. You can have him on and also Brownie's going to be in his hotel room from Providence, I guess. Wherever they are. All right, we'll see. Yeah, 1 o'clock tomorrow, yeah. Thanks for joining us on this rainy Wednesday. We'll see you tomorrow, 1 to 3.